Welcome back, Emerald listeners, to the first installment of our club sports episode. I am your host, Brennan Ferber, back again with my lovely co-host, Carlos Pimentel. Carlos, so good to have you back in the studio, man. Yeah, it's great to be in here. We were talking about that before the episode, how it feels a little different because things are different in here, but still the same. Still the same. I feel like we never left. Uh, we are back with the climbing club team. Club climbing team. Got that backwards. Uh, so I will just have you guys introduce yourselves, starting with you, Adam. Name, pronoun, major, year. All yours. Yeah. How's it going, y'all? My name is Adam. Uh, I use he, him, his pronouns. I am a sophomore at the University of Oregon, and uh, I climb a lot. Um, my name is Alex. I use she, her pronouns. I am a senior, and I'm majoring in global studies and general science, and I'm the president of the team. Um, hi, I'm Jonah. I use he, him pronouns. Um, I am an environmental studies major, um, and I've been on the team since freshman year. Awesome. Welcome in, guys. So we always start these episodes by just asking you guys personal questions, uh, and I'll start with when did your interest in rock climbing start? I'll go ahead and get that. Um, I started climbing about like three and a half years ago outside. My stepdad, he uh, he's what you'd call in the climbing community a trad dad. He, um, he's been climbing since he was super young, introduced me to the sport. And um, yeah, I started climbing outside, then was introduced to like a gym and then just got really into it. Um, so like about three and a half years now. Yeah, um, similar here, I started uh, or my very first exposure to climbing was the summer before freshman year of college. And a friend I met on the East Coast took me on like this crazy multi-pitch, trad multi-pitch, and I had never done any sort of climbing before. I had no idea what was happening, but I was like there for the ride. And then I showed up to U of O and went to the rec center. And the first thing you see is the wall. And I was like, huh, that's pretty cool. So and then I like hopped on and then I'm here three Never look back. Yeah. <laughs> um, for all the people who don't climb who are listening to this, doing a trad multi-pitch on your first time climbing is like the most impressive thing you yeah, can that's do. Really like cool. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, me and Adam were just geeking. We're like, wait, really? <laughs> I wasn't doing any of the work though. I was like being just like pampered. Yeah. yeah. Still, that's pretty Actually. badass. <laughs> <laughs> um I got into climbing uh, in senior year of high school. We had a climbing gym in my like high school's neighborhood, so we just go walk there after school. Yeah, do you want to give like a rundown of what that is? Uh, the what what do you say it was a tr- trad multi pitch? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you want to like kind of run down just because so that we can give kind of like a visual representation of like what that actually is and what goes through yeah. when you have to go through that? For sure. So. Um... <clears throat> In the world of outdoor climbing, there's sport climbing, and then there's trad climbing or traditional. And sport climbing has bolts. Somebody had already pre-bolted a route on a wall. And so you go up with gear and hook in and go up as you... And like just you're working with gear that's already placed. In trad climbing, you place your own gear, and they often look like... I don't, what are what are they called? Camelots. <laughs> yeah, they're called nuts. camelots or friends or yeah. like nuts. Um, mm. So like yeah, what she was saying like the bolts in sport climbing are like in the rock. Like they they aren't going anywhere. They get replaced by like community members every few years. But um, but like you could hang a truck off of one of those bolts. <laughs> Whereas like what she's talking about with trad climbing, those pieces are like you bring them up with you and you take them out with you. So you're never like you're never like fully you know like got like a truck stop of like a like an anchor like all of those pieces could fall out if you don't place them properly Mm -hmm. um and they're really strong so like you could totally fall on them 
um, and they'll stay in the rock and they'll catch your fall so you don't plummet to your death. But um, <laughs> Ideally. Yeah, ideally, yeah. That's pretty crazy because that's not just physically taxing, especially when you're just starting out, but like yeah. mentally, like, ma- like planning out your route, I guess. That's, the mental game of climbing That's really impressive. Crazy. Yeah. Man. Arguably more important than your physical abilities. And yeah. then... Do you want to explain the single multi-pitching? Yeah, well, wait, single multi Single versus multi, sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, you're all good. Well, so then you have what you'd call pitches. Um, and the first pitch in a climb is basically just someone who's belaying down below. The climber goes up. It can be five bolts, eight bolts, whatever it is. But if it's considered the first pitch, they stop at the top of where you'd have an anchor. And, you know, if it's a sport climb, then you'd have a preset anchor where you clip some of your gear in, and then the belayer lowers you down. But in a multi-pitch, what happens is once the climber reaches the top of that pitch where the anchor is, they, they switch systems, and the climber starts to belay the belayer from the bottom, but the climber's belaying from the top. And so the belayer then starts to climb, and now both people are at the first anchor, and you continue that process up for however many pitches there is different routes have different grades of difficulty have different lengths um for example you could do two pitches at eagle's rest a nearby wall or you can do 32 pitches on el capitan right so it's it can it can really range yeah wow so do you guys do most of your practicing at the rec center or is there a climbing gym in eugene that you guys go to um we go to elevation climbing gym so it's like downtown ish yeah and they have it all. They have the boulder and the... They just the, have bouldering. Just bouldering. Just bouldering. But it's, like, really good sets, and they're changing it out. It's a really good facility, uh-huh. and we're lucky to, like, have practices there just because the rec wall is, like, more of a public... I mean, not that the elevation is in public space, but there's a little more variety in climbing routes despite it only being bouldering. Mm-hmm. So, so, nice. so when you guys go into competitions down the road, do you know, like, what... Because, like you said, bouldering, they can they can change the... Uh, the client, like, do you know what to expect, or is there any kind of preparation involved other than just training your hands? Um, yeah, so we are usually competing in like a variety of different formats, so you have to kind of train in a, in a variety of different formats. Um, bouldering is usually a lot more strength specific, um, it's basically just about like who can pull. This is really reductive of me saying this, actually, <laughs> this is not entirely what it's about, but um. But the gist of it is who can pull hardest on the smallest holds, typically. There's, like, a lot of nuance in, like, setting interesting moves and, like, having a variety of movement styles. But typically, it's a lot more strength-based. It's, like, short bursts of of hard moves, Um, whereas sport climbing is a lot more endurance-based. So sport climbing is, like, what we were talking about with, like, like using a rope and, like, you have a lot longer of a space to climb on. So they require different energy systems without getting too into it they require different energy systems in your body so you have to be able to train both of those systems having elevation as our like primary gym um we typically have a boulder focus um so the competitions will tell us what the format is so sometimes we will have like rope um rope routes in competition and we'll then like maybe on our own free time, we'll switch over to like maybe getting a couple of practice sessions in at the rec on the rope wall, or we'll like do some endurance workouts on the bouldering side. So we'll just like traverse and try and stay on the wall for a long time to kind of work that other, that other aspect of things. And what what is the, like, do you guys 
uh, rock climb like outside as well? Because I know that there's a few spots around Eugene that are pretty popular. What do you guys do to like fit that into your workouts, or is that just more like recreational outside of outside of sport that you like to do on for fun? Um, we are like first a competitive team, so we're mostly inside. But I would say that almost everybody on the team is an outdoor climber as well. Um, it's kind of like the natural path of climbing. Like you start in the gym, arguably because it's more accessible. And then once you're cool enough <laughs> or once you have friends that have the gear, they take you out. And so it's very common for little groups to go out on the weekends. Eagles Rest is a really good one. It's like 40 minutes away. Um, and there's also Lookout Point. Mm-hmm. Lookout Point is pretty cool. Yeah. For bouldering the gardens is yeah. a big one. But so it's not like a part of our structured team, but that's not to say that not everybody does it because everybody does. Mm-hmm. And we want to get people out as much as possible because it's like the best part of the sport yeah there's <laughs> there's definitely a, a difference in climbers uh a lot of climbers have their own personal ethos it's a very like you know like you versus yourself sport mm-hmm. um and so there is definitely especially in oregon like a very much a culture of people who climb indoors to be able to climb more stuff outside like you train indoors so you can do harder stuff mm-hmm. in the elements <laughs> alex where are you going this weekend um i'm going to mount hood um, it's a crag called French's Dome. I just got a cabin with a few friends, <laughs> and we wanted to do it, so we're doing it. <laughs> That's all. Hopefully it doesn't rain, though. It's forecasted to rain mm-hmm. a little bit. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously there's bound to be a clear difference, but what's the biggest difficulty, you would say, going from the gym to the, the real world? The mind. It's, like, pretty startling, honestly, because you can be someone who's really, really strong in the gym, and the first time you go outside, you are absolutely humbled. It's like, <laughs> it's brutal, but it's a lot of fun. Um, and that's just because like when you're in the gym, there's like colored holds and like the route is set out for you. It's very digestible. And outside, the holds are not colored for you. And there's like so many things to pull and grab on. And the feet are like, there's so many. So like, it's just way more difficult because you have to work your mind game and your technique far more outside and then also just like it's scarier you don't have like padded mats and if you're on rope then you have to trust your belayer and know that system really well and there's risk of like falls and big falls but usually safe falls given like safe trainings and yeah I am a way better climber inside than I am outside but that's usually how it goes you know, and, and, and I think the mental part is really important when you're thinking about outside climbing. Um, and, I, and I guess I'll explain a little bit about, like, the process of your protection and how you're going up. Because you're bringing up, like, quick draws with you, which allow you to clip into the bolts. But you have to go from each bolt to the other. And so you have this length after you've already clipped a bolt going to the next one. And so if you fall before you clip your next bolt and you're five feet above that other bolt or 10 feet above the other bolt, you're falling 10 feet, 20 feet. Then you have, if it's a dynamic rope, you're falling the rope stretch. And so at the end of the day, you're taking a 25 foot whipper on some climbs, um, which completely changes the mental game because you have to be completely immersed in it and going for those moves despite the fear of that fall. Because at the end of the day, you need to trust your gear and you need to, Trust your belayer, and if you're not doing that, then there's no point of even being on the climb. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So the way you mentioned it, have you had a 25-foot fall before? Because um, it seemed like that was something that maybe you've experienced before. Or any, any of you guys experienced like a fall that was like shook you down a little bit where you had to pull that mental game back together and be like, all right, I got to I gotta keep going. Oh, yeah, dude, this. totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it depends on the crag, depends on the climb. You have some walls that are more vertical, and so falling is a little bit nicer um, or when you have an overhang, and so when um, you're, you're falling, it's just into dead air. But yeah, sometimes you'll you'll have a really big fall that scares the crap out of you. Um, but you gotta just get back up and like continue climbing. I'm sure you guys have experienced the same. Yeah, definitely. There's actually a professor at University of Oregon who has like a physics of climbing class, um, which is super interesting. And we had him come into the rec one day to do some like vector force testing. And um, basically, one of the things we were talking about too is like the different forces that you take falling at different levels. Um, and so sometimes having a shorter fall you will put more impact on yourself and on the gear and having like a longer fall, the rope will absorb a lot more of the impact. And so shorter, like a lot of the times people are like a lot more comfortable taking shorter falls, but it gives like a false sense of what that is. And it makes it a lot scarier because you're like taking these like really gnarly, like you're flipping out. You're not actually, this is an exaggeration, but like you're flipping <laughs> over, you know, you're like. You know, kind of like flailing in the air like a wet spaghetti noodle. <laughs> um, and then when you take like a long, like a longer fall, especially on like on overhang stuff, that will like literally just be so soft. Like you'll just be chilling. You'll be like, oh, cool, rope swing. Like it, it doesn't feel like as big of a deal. And so a lot of like climbing and a lot of building your mental aspect is like learning how your gear affects your performance, learning to trust your gear. That's a huge thing because the gear is really good. Like really really good like people back in the 80s were doing so much sketchier <laughs> stuff than we do today um and so like the more you take those falls the more you understand your gear you can start to push your grade outside a lot harder because you realize that like if you are doing things safely it is very safe mm -hmm. despite how it looks and despite how it feels yeah so we talked about the mental aspect a little bit um, what about the physical? I mean, obviously you need a lot of upper body strength. I assume all your guys' hands are just calloused uh, right now. Um, but is there anything else that maybe people listening who aren't very familiar with the sport don't know about rock climbing? Maybe like legs or any anything like that? Yeah. Um, I think that is a common conception that like climbers are brawny as hell. And like <laughs> to some extent we are. Um, but we like to emphasize that like you do need so much technique in climbing too. And you don't have to be the strongest person or pull the hardest to be like one of the best climbers at all. Learning to use your feet is revolutionary <laughs> in the sport of climbing. Um, it can do a lot for you. And there's just like, climbing has a lot of lingo and it's very exclusive, but there's just so many different types of technical climbing skills you can um, develop and it will make you a really, really good climber and a beautiful climber um, without having to like be like the strongest person there I'm definitely not the strongest my technique's also not the best but <laughs> it's like developing both is like equally valuable and honestly I would say technique is more valuable than your strength so yeah yeah absolutely to piggyback off of that too um I kind of mentioned this earlier but climbing is very much more you versus yourself and that has this like like whole idea of like you want to push yourself to be your best climber um and like progress and so it's a sport where physique like physique is a lot less important 
than other sports, right? Like in football, if if you're someone built like me, you're gonna get trampled and destroyed. <laughs> um, I'm I'm pretty sure, you know, I'm like not the broadest person. Um, but in climbing, it's like no matter what your body type is, like you can always figure out a way to make it work. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen like 300 pound, like literally no joke, like 300 pound dude do a one arm pull up before, <laughs> um, and just like which was crazy dude's forearm was like the size of my head but like (laughs) (laughs) um but like you can always figure out a way so for him he would focus training more on like on like being able to hold himself in solid positions whereas someone who's like like lighter can you know find their style and maybe climb a little bit more dynamically or a little bit like more flowy on the wall and like your technique can always compensate for your strength your strength can always compensate for your technique Mm -hmm. and so like the strongest person on the team uh two years ago was this girl named maddie and she could literally crush every every boulder in the gym like nothing like it was like literally like light work for her but she could not do five pull-ups and then on the contrary like there's other people myself admittedly included who would just you know like sit in the back doing pull-ups all day and like i couldn't even come close to what she could climb so yeah i just wanted to like because uh you guys keep having this like this message of like a mental game you versus you and like, what are like? I want to hear from each one of you. Like, what are some things that you tell yourself, like when you're when you're at that roadblock, or you're about to go on a climb that maybe you haven't done, or you're going to challenge yourself to the next level? What are some things that you tell yourself to get over the hump to like get to that next um, next level that you're looking for? Because a lot of it is, you know, you're saying chess tech, like like a mental chess game, and it's like technique and technique and um, yeah. So like the mental mental aspect of that. How do you how do you get through that, and where do you go? I feel like for myself, like I used to like run some competitive races and it was always like really nerve wracking beforehand. I think climbing is somewhat similar, but you're not with a group. It's you and some rock. And I think a lot of times I'll get like really angry if I can't do the climb or get really upset um, if if I do it bad. Um, But there isn't that much opportunity to be out of the headspace when you're on the wall. You know, if you're on it, you're on it. And the second you're not in the right headspace, you're going to get kicked off. That's, I think, why we keep reiterating it's you versus yourself. Because the more that you're in a higher difficulty, you need to be even more immersed in your mental game. And, you know, it's, for example, if you're on a quite an easy climb, we'll say 5-7, then you're going to have a lot more forgiveness with your mental game. If you're a little bit out of it that day, you can't really stay focused. They're good holds. You're probably going to be fine. But if you're needing to create tension throughout your whole body on a climb that has very little holds and is not it, it's not vertical, it's overhung, your, your error is very small. And the second that you lose that focus, it's gone. So I wouldn't even say it's necessarily something that you tell yourself. It's something that you absolutely have to do and stay immersed in. There's not really even time to tell you tell yourself something honestly yeah. <laughs> literally i yeah. agree with that um especially for outdoor climbing when i'm like going through a rough spot where i'm like projecting a certain section which is like doing it over and over again um i have to be as present as possible like what adam said like you have to be immersed and it's very meditative for me honestly because it's not that i'm thinking Honestly, because my best climbing is when I'm not thinking, which is maybe not the best, (laughs) but it's like what we call like flow state. 
Um, and that's like where my best climbing comes from. And like your mind and your body kind of link and become like perfectly balanced. And you're not, at least for me, I'm not consciously thinking about my moves and it kind of just like, it's quite literally flowy. And I just, if I focus on anything consciously, it's my breathing. Um, because the second you start like breathing hard or like losing, when I lose control of my breath, I fall. And so if I focus on like slow breathing or like breathing out when I like get like this next hold and then doing all of that, that really helps me um, get through tough parts. But besides that, I am not like consciously telling myself anything besides to make sure I breathe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's actually pretty like a pretty common experience for people um, like is asking someone who just did like a really hard climb, like, how did you do that? And they're like. I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's like you almost like black out when you're doing it, but in like a good way where you're just like, you like every move, like you said, is just like perfect. Um, and like other sports actually uh, experience flow state. Like there's like a lot of tennis people who talk about this, a lot of golfers, football, literally every mm-hmm. sport um, where you just reach that state where you're like just performing at your best level. Like, and it feels all very intuitive. Um, and there's, and like for me at least, like, I've noticed that there's like a big, um, big benefit in trying to like access that state before I get on the wall. So like a lot of the times if I'm like projecting something by myself or like sometimes with a group, like if I really need to hype myself up, like I'll just like sit down and just like meditate or just like listen to a good song, like glowed up by Anderson Pack is like my go to. <laughs> um, and I'll just like kind of let that just like calm my nerves before you get into it because like you can overgrip, um and when you're like when you're not in that flow state what happens is like you pull too hard on the first couple moves and then you can't do the rest and so it just like lets your body just like evenly distribute your efforts mm-hmm. <clears throat> wow uh, i'm gonna shift a little bit to the team aspect uh, alex you're the president you guys had tryouts about a week week and a half ago yeah uh, and i do work at the rec so i have a great view of the gym when i'm sitting across there at the ei desk it looked pretty packed was it a good turnout how are you guys looking this year it was great um we had 90 people try out and um we let on about 15. um and climbing is just like an evolving sport and a growing one but it was really successful we had three different sessions friday saturday sunday and one of our leadership members is the head setter and the other like three members of our team are the other setters. <laughs> so that's really cool because we're all just like a, like the climb community is very intertwined. Um, and we set up like six different routes all in like varying difficulty. And people had about like an hour and 45 minutes to just sesh with each other session. Um, but it was a lot of fun. You know, you play music and it's not as scary as a lot of competitive scenes or at least at our collegiate level it's not so scary because you have like these very public routes and you have a group of people and you're cheering each other on and because it's like an individual sport at its core it's not so scary to be with a huge group of people um it's like a really nice environment I liked it but I also wasn't competing (laughs) so (laughs) yeah how did you feel about it, Adam? Yeah, I, I was competing. I tried out for the climbing team last year and didn't make it. So this year I did make it, which was pretty great. Um, yeah, stoked about it. Um, I thought it was a really good environment. Um, I mean, there were 30 people there and that was spread out across three days, right? But um, yeah, it, everyone was very nice. Um, the routes were all really well set. Um, and I think that it really kind of speaks to the climbing community and how I don't know, we all kind of go about meeting each other and cheering each other on. Um, like she was saying, 
the collegiate level. And so, you know, if you're there looking at the other climber, like saying, oh man, I don't want them to do well. It's like, oh, it's just not really it. You want everyone to do well and you want yourself to do best. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a great title of the episode right there. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so, uh, so what did you do to get yourself prepared for this year? Since you didn't make it last year, what did you um, go through to get to that point? I don't think I'm actually significantly better than last year. I did a lot. I mean, I climbed a lot, but I'm, I mean, I kind of always climb a lot. Um, I think it was more so freshman year coming in. You have just a lesser chance of getting it. Um, has some of the sophomores and, and juniors, which is completely understandable because everyone kind of, I feel like, needs to have their chance to be on the team. Yeah. 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 It's really difficult choosing from so many people. Yeah, um, 90. I had no idea it was that many. Yeah. It's, it's pretty insane. And it's like a process. We have a whole online application beforehand that can assess, like, your commitment levels, your experience with sports and any sort of, like, competitive mm -hmm. um, experience. And then we have tryouts. And we evaluate based on like a combination of all of those things because character is really important to us and someone like who represents the team really well um as a person more so than like how hard they can pull and yeah like adam said there's so many people who try out and we do give advantage to like the up, not upperclassmen but we don't give it to freshmen typically just because there's always more years for them and it's a high demand sport so we do what we can <laughs> But I'm really happy with um, everyone that's on the team this year. Like, it's a very, very cool team. Stoked about it. <laughs> Jonah, were you on the team last year, or is this your first year as well? No, I've been on the team every year. I actually made it on my freshman year, um, and I took... Okay. No, I took a year off, too. So technically, I've been on the team for five years. Um, this is my fifth year. And, um, I mean... Like, it's pretty crazy to see how it's grown. Like, even in the time that I've been here, like, it, it it's a huge difference. Like, when I when I got on, like, I really loved it because it was, like, very mellow. And it is still very mellow. Like, that's very core to climbing in general. But um, but this year, it's, like, they, they really killed it. Like, we have so many really, really strong new people. Like, I've never seen this many strong people on team before. And, like, everyone really cares about each other. Everyone really cares about competing and is, like, really into training and stuff and it's it's really dope to see how it's grown i think a lot of it has to do with free solo <laughs> a lot of it it's really popular as the sport um but yeah i know it's it's cool it's growing and it's it's improving yeah i got on my freshman year too like i walked in the gym and then just did tryouts the same like after four sessions but the last year we entered the usa climbing bracket for the first time and so typically we're in this like northwest collegiate climbing circuit and that's nc3 in short and that's all like very regional climbing and it's with through like the university. So like UW or University of Portland, Portland State University um, and so on. But the USA climbing is um, nationwide. And so there's more competitions and um, competitions are set at like local gyms instead of universities. And they have USA climbing setters to set them. So it's just a little bit more structured. I'd say, um, and competitive. And we entered it for the first time this year. I mean, last year. And then this year, we're like going full swing into it. And we have our first comp like next month, like actually November 20th. And we're all really excited. We're just like, I don't know. I feel like we're moving up in the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So are you guys competing against like schools outside the Pacific Northwest then? Like East Coast, South, mm -hmm. places like that? Um, I think this one is in our Northwest bracket. So there's like, 
you start in your region and then you qualify for divisionals and then you qualify for nationals, ideally. So this one is based in Seattle and it will be like people from Washington, Idaho, Oregon, California, and Nevada, I think. Mm -hmm. And how are these uh, tournaments, competitions uh, usually structured? Mm, the competitions totally vary um, based on whether you're doing bouldering or sport climbing. There's even speed. And then even within bouldering, there's like different variations of how competition is structured. But typically what we'll see is like a red point competition. And that is you have like a set of routes, um, usually six routes, and you have unlimited tries nearly. You have like three hours to maybe to do the session and you just try to get up the route with as few attempts as possible. And then they like score you based on that. And flashing a route is like the most ideal circumstance. And that's when you get on your first try without any falling. You just want to top all of the routes with as few tries as possible. Kind of mm -hmm. like golf. <laughs> and Adam, you mentioned, you said, uh, I think it was 5.7 or something like that being one of the easier ones. Uh, when I go to bouldering gyms, which isn't a lot, <laughs> uh, I've always seen like V1 to V3, kind of easy V4 to V7 intermediate. And then, you know, the, your V8s, then you're getting into the expert level. Uh, so what's different? about that because that doesn't sound like the system you guys use well so actually the system i was referring to is like sport climbing grade or just climbing just like outside in general um or i guess free climbing you could say um so that uses like five six that I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that that develops from like fourth class third class and then once you get to fifth class it's no longer hiking right so then you start doing 5.6 5.7 and so 5.7 is beginner grade, and then, you know, you have expert, which is like 5.14 or something like that. But with the V grade, we still use V grade for bouldering and pretty much everything, but at elevation, we use colors. And I think most bouldering gyms are starting to convert to using colors for grades because I think it there's a lot of intimidation factors that comes along with really strong boulders in a gym and I think it defers new beginner climbers from trying harder routes, especially when they're graded high. And so I think the colors make them a little more accessible. Definitely. And I just want to throw this on there too. Climbing is so subjective. Like yeah, so subjective. Yeah. What's easy for one person could yeah. be like absolutely limit for someone else. And they don't necessarily have to be that different in climbing level. Um, so yeah, like the, the V grade, there is just like a lot of problems with that. Yeah, yeah no, no, no. I, I mean... Which totally makes sense. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I just uh, I just want to touch back because you guys um, just to give a rundown of like what um, like bouldering is. Like you know most most people like t people who are gonna listen to this are gonna be like, well, because we've been talking about it a lot, but we never really got a rundown of like what <laughs> the like what bouldering is compared to like a traditional rock wall, like somebody who'd seen who's just like who has never done it before. Can you give like a difference of like? descriptive of like what what bouldering is what what it is in a gym and then like what what that is compared to what uh, an everyday joe would see on a rock wall um yeah so i'm actually a setter for the university um so this is like all that we think about really <laughs> um bouldering is like um i don't know where to start um uh, there's a lot of different styles uh and so what you would regularly see like like in a rock wall or something, right? Like on the other side of our bouldering side, we have the like the sport side. That typically has like a lot more like ladder kind of like movements where you're just like, you're like throwing right hand up, left hand up, 
Um, with bouldering, especially recently, there's been like an explosiveness in changing the creativity of it, right? So we're trying to make routes that are not just physically demanding, but also like mentally demanding. And that is like kind of central to what bouldering is. Like a lot of time for like outdoor boulders, you'll see people just spend like a lot of days just trying to do one route that is well within their physical capabilities, but they can't do it because it's like you're doing a lot, you're recruiting a lot of problem solving ability. And so a lot of the times it'll be, it'll come down to, to technique or to like literally just like figuring out how to recruit the right parts of your body in the right positions, which is really hard. And so with bouldering walls, you'll see a lot more of that in focus. We try to replicate that um, with outdoor climbing. You try to mold yourself to the rock with indoor climbing. We're trying to basically bring that into the wall. So boulders will be a lot more technical, a lot more complicated. You'll have really unorthodox movement styles. Um, Do you guys have a favorite speed, bouldering, belaying? Uh, any <laughs> preference? Um, for me, outdoor uh, climbing, like sport climbing, single pitch is my main focus. It's where I try to like red point. Um, and when I say that's like try to hit my hardest grades. Yeah, that's that's been my main focus pretty much since day one. And I'm honestly really excited to be on the team because I've never exposed myself to climbing in a competitive setting, especially indoor. Um, and I'm really interested to see how that goes because it is such an individual sport. Like we keep reiterating, it's you versus yourself. And so I think being inside of a competitive setting indoor with other really great climbers, I'm hoping that it can change my focus as a climber and better myself as a climber in other arenas as well and and, and become a better, like, well-rounded climber. Um, yeah. What I enjoy most is when I'm multi-pitching. Um, and, like, that's what we described earlier. So we're, like, scaling a mountain. And that's just super, super fun because you have to learn so many systems. And I took a vertical rescue class through the University of Oregon to learn about safety techniques and, like, how to get your partner down if they pass out when you're, like, already six pitches up a mountain type of class. So that's just like, it's more on the adventurous side. And I think there's, yeah, it's just really, really cool because you're climbing through your view. And I love the outdoors, but there's nothing quite like literally climbing through your view instead of like running around it or like flying over it. Like it's so immersive. Um, that being said, it's also requires like the most gear and the most training and a lot of time and energy and trust in your belay partner. Um, but it is the most fun. Um, but besides that, I also like single pitching just to like based on strength um, outside sport. Single pitching is just also super fun to push myself. Um, it's cool. We got a variety. I'm a, I'm a boulderer through and through. <laughs> I, I'm trying to, you know, expand out into the other stuff because multi-pitching and sport climbing is really dope. But yeah, I really just like the the aspect of just pushing yourself and like just having like just trying so many different styles and like so many different weird things to do on the wall um and like I really like that just like powerful style of climbing like just pull hard on small holds which is not everybody's favorite <laughs> but, but yeah so a common theme on the club episodes we've done in the past we've done three is there hasn't been a lot of awareness of the sport at the club level but also because there's not a lot like professionally in the area uh and I know 2020 which sounds like kind of the time a lot of you started to get into the sport is when they added Olympics, the uh, climbing to the Summer Olympics. So I was just wondering, I mean, 90 people, has that had an effect on maybe your interest in the sport or others who are interested in joining? Yeah, I think 
at like surface level, I n- know climbing is perceived as a very cool guy sport, a cool person sport. Um, and when we were doing our recruitment season, there were so many people coming up and being like, I am like nervous. I'm scared. I'm not cool enough. I don't know how to do it. And um, so there's that intimidation factor because it's a growing sport um, that people are a little bit scared of trying it. But I think still a lot of people want to try it. And that's kind of a critique I have about climbing is that it's not very accessible. Um, And when we do see it just get put into the Olympics and what we do see of really popular competitive climbers, they are largely cis white males. And that's true of a lot of outdoor sports and expensive sports. It's just not the most inclusive space. Um, So that's also intimidating for a lot of people. And that's something I tried actively working on this uh, this year. It's really important to me because, like, the outdoors should be accessed by everyone. And it's too bad that we've, like, monopolized it um, and made it really difficult. And climbing is a very, very expensive sport, especially with the outdoor gear. Um, it really adds up. So it, there's so many – there's a lot of barriers to climbing, but I want to, like, minimize those as much as possible. Um and encourage everybody to try it because it's just like it's my favorite sport i think it's the coolest one i've ever done <laughs> climbing school <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i definitely consider giving it a shot um like i think i really appreciate that the uo has a rec wall and that anybody can just walk in and give it a shot because one thing that i've even heard from some of my friends who are newly beginner or on the lower level in terms of, of difficulty for climbing that it can be really intimidating to go inside of a gym and have a bunch of people who have been there and like really in it. And so, yeah, going to the rec wall and giving it a shot, there are other people who are probably around your difficulty level too. Um, and it gives you a good insight of how you're going to like it and how fun it actually is. So there's one takeaway I would say give to the people who are listening to this podcast is go to the rec wall, give it a shot, see how you like it and then maybe try out yeah (laughs) Yeah. and also plugging like a slack channel that one of my leadership members made stella um we made like a slack channel for all of the university of oregon climbing community um because we have so many people trying out and because it's a growing sport there's high demand but our team is small um so that being said there's a huge like there was like a huge gap of people who were interested in climbing but didn't have the partners or the community to do so um so I would plug the Slack and so people can like meet up with others, go outside, get some sense inside and yeah, just keep like developing the skills and everything. Yeah, I, that's super important because like at its core, that's what people are doing it for is just to have fun. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really just about having fun. It's, it's easy to get lost in the whole like idea of like competition season and like all training and like, you know, maxing out or whatever. But like it's it's really just like it's just like go and just like hang out with your homies like. It's it's really a dope community and there's a lot of like a lot of barriers, absolutely. Um, but there's also like a lot of people who like Alex are like really passionate about undoing those barriers and like making sure that it is accessible and with that, that makes the community stronger. And it and like a lot of the times like when you talk to people in the gym, like there's people who are going there not to like train, but just to like hang out, you know? Like there's the ratio of people like talking and just socializing versus the ratio of people on the wall like pulling his heart is <laughs> very skewed towards the social side um so yeah it's it's really cool
Yeah, a lot of gym climbing is sitting. Yeah. And, and talking to people because there's only so many people that can be on the wall, and then you want to talk beta. Or beta is like how you do the route. Um, so it's an incredibly social sport. Um, it's very unique. I've never met. I've done a lot of sports in my life, yeah. and climbing has the most unique population yeah, <laughs> of like absolutely. humans I've ever met. They're just like the most down to earth people, but also like really, really strong mentally and physically. Yeah, it's really cool. It's, that it's like yeah. exemplified too in like the competitions, uh, NC three, and also I would say all the way up to Olympics. Like when you go, yes, you are competing against other people, but you're a lot of the time it doesn't feel that way. Like it feels like you're kind of just like getting a regular session in with other mm-hmm. people. And like when we go, we just kind of like we hang out with the other teams beforehand. We like all meet each other. It's very like beyond cordial it's friendly like it's it's really dope and then when we get there you know i'm not gonna like if someone asked me how i did something i'm not gonna be like no it's a competition <laughs> like we're gonna help each other out yeah. we're gonna like support each other and you see that too all the way up through like every level i think um especially because like there's the outdoor aspect of it like the outdoors belongs to everybody and everybody has a right to the outdoors and because there's a lot of climbing in the outdoors um i think that works as a unifying force and so even like the strongest people in the world right like you'll see them all competing against each other in this like in like world cups and stuff and then the next week they'll be outside climbing together Mm. (laughs) and like it's very clear that there's no bad blood and they all are like homies like at the highest level and i think that works bottom up and top down it's such a communal sport yeah it's really cool that you kind of get the best of both worlds there because like it is individual it's it's you up there but you also have that sense of camaraderie which is uh, i love that uh carlos you have we got time for about one more question you got anything yeah uh, i would like to get out on the wall with you guys sometime (laughs) (laughs) i'm like the the lingo is sick the it sounds amazing i'd actually i actually do really want to try it sometime um no i just want to know like uh how you guys balance you know with uh with academics and uh having to take on the club sports as well like how do you how do you balance that you know you guys are still student athletes as well um well i guess it's not it's not too difficult um and i think like the biggest thing is just because i always want to be climbing and so it's almost harder to find time to rest than it is to not uh, than it is to find time to climb um it's really easy to sneak in like three hours (laughs) of of some sort of like stretching and then climbing um and then put off homework (laughs) yeah we have practices twice a week late in the evenings unfortunately and we also have an alternative practice that's like getting set up so it's not like too demanding um climbing is not a sport that you can do every day because your body and especially your fingers need rest or you're very prone to injury so for me it's also not that difficult i'll climb two to three times in a gym and hopefully i get outside at least once a week too usually on the weekends but yeah, I think it's a very manageable sport to balance in my experience. I'm also not like a super competitive climber. Some people make it their lives, but I, I feel like I can do both pretty well. Yeah, I would say too, like there's a lot of sports I know out there, like um, where going to practice and doing all that stuff is like an added responsibility and added stress. And I would say for a lot of people, climbing is not like that. Like climbing is your outlet. So you make time for your outlet. You make time for your social life. And climbing somehow knocks all of those things off like it's a responsibility it's an outlet and it's a social life so you like end up having a lot of time for it yeah Yeah. no i I completely see that like now being in the team for the first time i'm like oh yeah social boom Mm -hmm. 
get strong, <laughs> boom, mental game, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. yeah, it's like, all right, now I get to go home. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, we are student athletes here, at least the three of us here. So we do have classes to get to. But before we go, plugs, social medias, anything, how can we help you guys out? Yeah, so I'll plug the Slack line. I don't know the specific URL, but if you guys, I can put it in like the podcast description. Um, that's the community Slack line. Um, also follow our Instagram if you want to like see stupid things we do at practice, silly things we do at practice, um, and competitions. I want to plug the university facility. Um, oh, yeah, the rec center. Yeah, Elevation can be a little expensive. They do have guest passes, but um, if you know somebody who's a member already, but the university facility is free for students, and it is awesome, and it is a great place yeah. to meet other people who are at the same level or have the same interests. Um, so, yeah, go oh, do that. <laughs> I want to plug the Eugene Gear Collective. Um, that's run by a great human named indigo at the moment and she has set up like a community where you can like drop off gear and get free gear and they prioritize um underrepresented populations and so you get um all of like these free climbing shoes and chalk bags and everything and then along with that we've been working on making climbing more accessible especially elevation so there's like a bipoc um free month membership if you go to one of the nights so that's super super cool um because you get a show for free meet a lot of people in this community um bipod climbers that is and then ideally get a very discounted membership to like make it as accessible as possible so i'm plugging all of those um and it's super super cool all righty well thank you guys so much for listening and we will be back next time Sweet. deuces <laughs>